Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Thursday, February 29th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest. He's the chief national reporter for NFL Network, the captain, as he is known around here for reasons of clear-eyed leadership, unfailing dependability, and a fierce commitment to both accuracy and context. This is a man who I was reminded at the Super Bowl knows everyone, is known by everyone, and is by all accounts respected and liked by everyone. And full disclosure, a rep and a resume as good as that would have been threatening to me as a younger man. But now I view it as aspirational so much so that I want to be this man when I grow up. This man is Steve Weich. Welcome back to the pod, my friend. What's going on, Andrew? And I love the fact, besides that wonderful intro, which I appreciate so much, that you will not hear a read like that for another four years. Exactly. You will not. 29th leap year read so thank you for entrusting me with that uh listen you're a man as rare as the date on which we meet uh i am your host nfl network senior writer andrew levy and after a week of rest we are stretched and ready because the football calendar waits for no one free agency looms it actually begins march 13th but it ostensibly begins march 11th when the negotiating window opens the period known of course as legal tampering we do love an oxymoron we have you the draft of course say it drew I, you, I know you were like should i say it should I yeah say it? you say yes, it you can say tampering brother it's we right. have the draft of course coming in 56 days from now a dimaggio hit streak is all that separates us from round one in detroit michigan incidentally d-town beat out dc and green bay for hosting duties this year the nfl is on the clock round one is thursday april 25th and we can't wait for any of it i reckon you can't either except there's no need to look ahead 
Let's live in the now, man, because today the on-field drills begin at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. That's right, the NFL Scouting Combine presented by Noble. D-linemen and linebackers kick things off today at 3 p.m. Eastern. D-backs and tight ends, that's tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern. And then, of course, the seat fillers take the field. Those offensive skill players step into the limelight Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Those offensive skill players, of course, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. And that's all before the big uglies, the people movers, and maybe the deepest position class this year. The O-linemen wrap things up on Sunday afternoon. That is also 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in all week for the NFL Scouting Combine on NFL Network and NFL Plus. Okay, Steve, we're going to get your thoughts on the Combine, the Underwear Olympics, as some call it in a flash. But before we do, a few questions that I've kind of been dying to ask you ever since I saw you at the Super Bowl. Steve, what did you know after? Super Bowl 58 that you didn't know before kickoff. Were you surprised? Were your predictions and beliefs confirmed? Were they overturned? Where did you net out at the final whistle of Super Bowl 58? Well, that's a great question. You know, I, I never really thought about that. I thought the Niners were going to win. Um, I went into the game thinking that they had the better overall team and that they would make the fewer mistakes based on the Chiefs throughout most of the regular season. Um, turns out, I was wrong. The kicking game came back to haunt the 49ers. So this lets everyone know that there is that third element that we always hear about, the third aspect of the game and how important that it is. Um, I didn't get hung up so much on the overtime decision by Kyle Shanahan to take the ball first. I thought his defense had worn out. The Chiefs had just pushed them all the way down the field. It is what it is. You know, you everyone says, oh, if the Chiefs scored, you could get a touchdown. The Chiefs scored a touchdown. You could have gone for They could have gone for two. You got to convert two. That's not the easiest thing to do. So if you lose that way, you lose that way. So be it. I guess the biggest thing that I learned is that Chris Stone Cold Jones, <laughs> God bless. I mean, he you just know how impactful he is. But, man, the way he shows up yeah. in the big moments of yes. games. And we saw the 49ers, you know, when they had to kick the field goal in overtime, it's because Stone Cold Jones, he was unblocked. But a lot of times, and I'm telling you this, I've seen it for years, when a guy gets unblocked or something unnatural happens where a guy can make a play, he freezes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I I got this antelope right in front of me, and I got my fangs bared and my claws sharpened, and er, I overrun him. Like, it, it happens all the time, a lot more than you think. Or the quarterback hitting the little two-yard screen pass sails it. Yeah. And he delivered. So... You know, as much as I admire so many people on that Chiefs defense, the fact that Stone Cold Jones, a pending free agent, <laughs> um, shows up once again in the clutch. He's one of the more, more clutch defenders we've seen over the past few years. I shouldn't have been surprised, but that's not necessarily how I kind of anticipated that sequence or star players in the game to play out. You know, I had some real, some real strong pre-kickoff Niners win vibes. So I was kind of thinking the same thing you were thinking, Steve, before kickoff. And of course, right before the end of that second quarter, really through halftime, I think both of us probably felt vindicated uh, in our beliefs on how the game would play out. But of course, that's third quarter and that second half and that overtime certainly changed things. Chris Jones had a lot to do with that. Chris Jones, I'm glad that you mentioned him. We're going to circle back a little bit. I've got a free agency question for you coming in a moment. Let's talk with Chiefs. Let's talk about the team that yeah. you doubted a little bit. Um, is there any doubt that what we have seen over the last 
five years, or maybe over the last eight years, if we're being fair, rises to the standard of a dynasty. Is this a dynasty no, in KC? No, no doubt. There, there, there's no doubt. Because people think dynasty, you've got to be the Celtics and win an 11 in a row like they did back in the 60s. That, that's that's not going to happen in modern day sports. But a dynasty is like what the Spurs did, right? It, it's, with, it's with the Patriots, where you're always there, right? Yeah. We're hearing the narrative now, like, God, I'm tired of seeing the Chiefs. I'm tired of seeing the Chiefs. You've reached dynasty status when there has been good guy team fatigue. Isn't that interesting? Oh, I think that's brilliant, Steve. I think that is the best description of what we are seeing and feeling from the Chiefs. You're absolutely right. Because even that Warriors team that we, my wife loved that Warriors team. My wife is a Lakers fan, womb to the tomb. And yet she fell in love with that Warriors team. And truth be told, so did I. A Washington Bullets, Washington Wizards fan. I fell in love with that team too. And then you start to fatigue a little bit. And the moment you start to feel that fatigue, you know that that's a dynasty. That's exactly what we have in KC. (laughs) But, but but good guy dynasty, right? Not like yes, the Yankees. Yes. Not like the Yankees where some people view them as sinister, right? The Warriors where you're just like, man, like I just want to hang out with these guys, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. They're, they're not, right. Like who who how can you not like Patrick Mahomes? Right. How can you not like LeJarius Sneed? I know. Or, or Chris McDuffie. Jones, the aforementioned Chris Jones. Right. You know, Trent McDuffie or you know, Pacheco. Pacheco. Yes. Right. I mean I mean guys like that. So that's where they fall into the dynasty category in the scary part, man. Like this was the year when you didn't have receivers, when you had your offensive line making numbskull penalty after numbskull penalty. Oh my gosh. And you had a defense full of second year defenders. We're going to be third year defenders next year. You might not have Stone Cold Jones be a part of it, but they could be adding Mike Evans or Gabe Davis or somebody to that receiving core. So this was the year. We'll see. <laughs> consider consider yourself chastised. Uh, Thirty-one NFL teams not named the Kansas City Chiefs because Steve Weich is absolutely right. Uh, you wanted a chance to beat Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Well, this was your chance, and you missed it. Uh, let's talk Patrick Mahomes very quickly. Does he belong? In the GOAT debate, is it overstating it to even consider him for this amorphous, elusive title, greatest of all time? Is he in the debate? Is he in the conversation? Does he belong there? He's in the conversation. I mean, I still think it's a little, just because he's he's so young into his career, I do think, you know, when you think of Tom Brady, right, he's the GOAT, right? He, seven Super Bowl championships, played in nine, should have had nine, if not for two of the most remarkable catches and Super Bowl history, right? And so you think about him, you think about Dan Marino, who's, who only went to one Super Bowl, but just was was one of the greatest players I've ever seen in my life. John Elway, Fran Tarkenton, right? Mahomes is in that in that in that conversation, man. He he is there. And when you look at when you think about the modern guys, let's 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 not put Tom Brady in here, but when you think about the other quarterbacks who are about to get in Canton probably over the next five to seven years. Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, you know, you, you've got Ben Roethlisberger. Are you taking any of those guys over Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely not. And I have, uh, you know, real respect as an NFL fan and a devotee of this sport and this league as anybody, and yet absolutely not. Patrick Mahomes no. is your choice on the playground every day and twice on Sundays, and there's not even a question. You're not even blinking. You're just glad you got the first pick because you're picking 15. A thousand percent. You, you, and, and here's the thing. The Chiefs know their, their salary cap certainty because they, yeah, he's got the big contract, but they know this number playing out for the next six or seven years. So they've been able to manage it. 
And they got a big boon with the cap going up more than anybody expected. Be afraid, NFL. Be very afraid. Okay, let's talk uh, one more question about the Chiefs. Uh, Steve, we have long called the NFL a copycat league for good reason. And yet, can any other team actually copy anything from this incarnation of the Chiefs, considering they have this unicorn at quarterback? This does not seem replicable to me. Um, or Are there elements of what we saw this Chiefs team pull off that other teams will copy people found them out i mean you remember now we're, we're talking about this great offense they were only averaging about 22 and a half points a game yes. they weren't lighting up the scoreboard like the dolphins this so that's the replicable team. part is that you bolster your defense and make sure that you uh you clone steve spagnolo uh get him on your side and clone uh, chris jones you clone legerious yeah. need right i mean maybe it's the defense that 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 lessons can be learned from that d look what the Kansas City Chiefs did is they took every team's best receivers and they put Snead on them and they got and Trent McDuffie on them and they put hands on the receivers. Look what they did to the Dolphins twice. Yeah. Got hands on Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Right. Who else does that? When Tyreek Hill's going in motion and doing all this, they found a way. Yeah. So when it talks about replicable offensively and, and things like that, yes. But number 15, no. He is the ultimate swing vote. And, and that's that's exactly what it is because when all else fails, when Rasheed Rice can't get open on third and whatever and this i'm just gonna run it and everyone knows i can run it i pulled it down more this year than i did in my entire career and i'm still running 15 yards wide open yay or nay to tay tay your thoughts on the publicity firm of travis and taylor <laughs> what <laughs> yay or nay on them do they need a pr firm is the 49er Super Bowl window, at least for this generation, in red and gold, wide open, closing, or closed? It's wide open. It is wide, wide open. open. I mean, here, here, and, here, and here's why I say it's wide open. So you got a very functional quarterback, but in about two years, right, Christian McCaffrey, Eric Armstead, maybe Fred Warner, maybe George Kittle, you know, they, they start, you're going to have to do the, the Mother Nature churn. At the same time, as great of players as they have, even Debo Samuel, they have found a way, man. There are certain teams that have found a way to not only find great talent, but coach up great talent. That, yes. When you look at some of the successful teams, this is something that we continue to ignore over and over. And this is where too much shallow journalism takes place. And, I, and I'm coming at the people in my craft. Was Debo Samuel first-round pick? I, I don't think so. I mean, like, was George Kittle first-round pick? They was Fred Warner first round. Like they develop dudes, man. Yes, they do. And not saying that they're going to be able to find a Fred Warner or a Nick Bosa or guys like that everywhere, but they've got something to their coaching staff which churns, and this comes from leadership. Right? Remember that they got they churn guys in out, but the Rams do it, the Seahawks do it. They develop dudes like constantly, man, and and that's why they're always here. The Ravens develop dudes. Like, how many great players have the Ravens seen come and go through their freaking hallways? And they're always there. Institutional stability. Translation, uh, the say. window is wide open. Uh, Niners fans, if you thought your best chance came and went, you're wrong. Uh, believe in your process and in your coaching staff, as Steve Weich would implore you to do, maybe more than you are doing right now. You will be back, or at least you should be back. Steve Weich, is a regular season MVP accurate? If we were to factor in postseason, would that change our opinions, and should it? Yeah. I mean, factor in postseasons, look, like, tell me how many more 
MVPs Michael Jordan would have won if you factored in postseasons. Like Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, all these guys who had great regular seasons. At some point, that doesn't mean as much to Michael Jordan or Patrick Mahomes or some of these guys as winning championships, right? Pete Sampras only played in the majors, right? His final three or four years of his career. Right. Tennis legend. Right. So, yes. So, if you you included postseasons, the defensive players of the year could change, right? Would you suggest that they do? factor in the postseason or does that become too limiting that only the 14 teams that make the show that make the postseason are are suddenly in consideration i no, i see this this is why i like to be a regular season award because it could be someone from all 32 yeah right because there could be a great player on a bad team right joe thomas first bout hall of famer never played on a team with a winning record yeah Right, so there could just be a great player on a team that's that's with a dysfunctional organization, who might be the best player out there. Aaron Donald was winning, you know, Defensive Player of the Year awards on bad Rams teams. Okay, so postseason honors, as we have it structured, you wouldn't mess with it. This is not broken. No. Keep it like it is. No, I, I wouldn't mess with it at all because the postseason the guys who shine the postseason. They have an opportunity to to really showcase themselves and make a little extra. Bread. And to get more hardware on the back end of things. Fair enough. Right. You have a deep connection, Steve Weich, with the Hall of Fame process. Who are you most happy for in this year's class? The Andre Johnson door knock got me big time, bro. Oh, I, I look. I'm not gonna say I'm, I'm happier for for, for one for than the one other, of course. Another. You know. See, now we're kind of in the era where there's a lot of contemporaries, you know, so seeing like Julius Peppers and Dwight Freeney, who both were from the draft class of 2002, who went together is great. Yeah. Right. Andre Johnson. Great. If I had to kind of be like, yes, it's Devin Hester. Yeah. Um, Because here's somebody who was the best returner ever. He was. Hall of Fame. He was. People say he wasn't every down player. Yeah, he was because... Now teams are thinking, I got to go for it on fourth down. Right. You know, he, he was a game changer I, in that way. You're absolutely correct. right. There's a there's a forgotten part of the game that Steve Weich has just reminded us of. Yeah. That when you have fourth and short and it's either go for it or kick it to Devin Hester, well, shit, man, let's go for it. <laughs> let's not kick That's it to right. that dude. How many times did Devin Hester inspire fans to stand up in their living room and shout at the TV, why did you kick to him? Why did you? Eat? Why him? didn't you just kick it out of bounds? Like, what are you doing? Oh like, man! You know, Who are you most now. hopeful for, Steve? Watch for next year's class. Yeah, look, this is all sentimental, um, but it's really hard for me just not to pull for Reggie Wayne. Yeah, um, that's our guy right there, man. He, you know, he worked with us. We love him. We love him. He's a St. Louis Cardinals baseball fan, like myself. And he was a hell of a player. Like, yeah. people will make the argument that when you face the Colts, he wasn't your first option that you were trying to stop. You know, Peyton Manning was, for most of his career, Marvin Harrison might have yep. been. But then Reggie Wayne goes on and does it with Andrew Luck. Right? He goes on and does it with a new coaching staff. And for him to have the amount of yards that he had in the era that he played when you had some of the most elite corners yes sir playing in the nfl um look i i'd love and you know tory holt as well i just love tory you know but just because of maybe the personal connection with with reggie the sentiment sentiment is is you know is there here here i'm gonna 
I'm going to pound the table for that one. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Steve, watch the salary cap increased almost 14% over last year's number. Now we are sitting north of $255 million. Uh, what's the real What's the real ripple effect here? Can we expect more player retention this year and less player movement because of the additional I, $30 million? I, I don't. You would think so because now that that could give a team – like the Chiefs, the ability to sign Stone Cold Jones and Legereus Need. That said, it gives other teams more money to offer. Yeah, Stone Cold to Jones. lure them away, right? <laughs> you know? So, you know, and you really don't know. I mean, teams may say, okay, Stone Cold Jones is 32 years old. You know, Chiefs might be like, let's get out a year early before a year late. So, you know, you really don't know. But I think what it does is it eases some of the pain maybe a team like the Denver Broncos may have to face because their cap situation, instead of cutting a player that maybe they would have to for cap situations, they can retain that player that way instead of maybe saying retaining your own free agent. Andrew Levy with Steve Weich, and after the break, we're going to get this man to preview the NFL scouting combine. Don't forget, listener, on-field drills begin today at 3 p.m. Eastern at Lucas Oil Field in Indianapolis. D-linemen and linebackers will be out there. We'll be back on the mic after a short break. NFL Total Access, the podcast, coming right back. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, get Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast 
deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with NFL Network Chief National Reporter Steve Weich. Before we start, I want to alert the listener to something you guys need to see. It's a documentary film called Keep Pushing. It's really no more than about 25 minutes, and it is well worth every second. It actually aired on NFL Network this past Sunday as part of our Black History Month programming. And it will be on NFL.com, YouTube, and our Fast channels, maybe even as I speak. Look for it. Keep pushing. It's a beautiful and powerful examination of activism in the NFL, featuring Mr. John Wooten, Warren Moon, Doug Williams, Eric Reed, Kelvin Beecham Jr., and others. Steve, I know you know John Wooten, a man yeah. who, listener, look him up, Wooten, that's W-O-O-T-E-N. Dude is 90 years old now, definitely could still kick my ass. Played nine seasons for the Cleveland Browns, played for Washington too. But when you watch any highlights of the late, great Jim Brown, John Wooten, is almost always there front and center. He was the O-lineman wearing number 60, blasting holes for number 32. Steve Weich, this was a special player. This is a very special man. Well, he's a special man, you know, and he he got all over me and Leslie Frazier uh, a couple weeks ago when we did a Black History Month show on historically black colleges and, and universities football, and neither one of us had Deacon Jones in our top five, and that's because each one of us assumed the other would have Deacon Jones in the top five. <laughs> no, no, he'll do it. It's obvious so I, he'll you know, do it, like, so I won't. We revealed him, and I was like, uh, Leslie, uh, neither one of us had Deacon Jones. Like, well, how big of idiots are we? And, of course, John Wooten texts us both and lets us know how big of idiots um, <laughs> that we are. And I just had to hit him back with the humble, uh, thanks for watching. Um, but it's – John Wooten is – look, not only was he, was he a really good football player, but – he stood up for people. He's the longtime president of the Fritz, Fritz Pollard Alliance, which is kind of the watchdog group that looks over NF, the NFL and NFL teams when it comes to diversity hiring. But also think about the iconic photo, right, of the Cleveland Summit with Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yes. And Bill Russell. John Wooten is also one of the really tall guys standing in that picture. He was there in support of everybody who was trying to figure out what Muhammad Ali was going to do with his career when, of course, he was under tremendous pressure to, you know, accept his draft card and, and go fight in Vietnam and, and, and things of that nature. But John Wooten is one of the great men, not just in speaking about social activism, but in fighting for the rights of players and fighting for the right of coaches kind of a rager against the machine so to speak love that in the in the most astute way yes of going about it and he he is a part of nfl history jim brown led the league in rushing for six of the seven seasons that john wooten served as his primary blocker uh, including the year that Jim Brown was the most valuable player. That was 60, 1965. He had 1,544 yards and a league-best 21 touchdowns in 14 games. Let's remember uh, John Wooten was the one creating all those holes for him. But as Steve Weich is indicating, his contribution off the field, it's immeasurable. 
it's immeasurable. We can, we can statistically remember what John Wooten did on the field, off the field. He has and continues to make an enormous impact in our world. It's extraordinary. Listener, please check out Keep Pushing on NFL.com YouTube and on our Fast channels. Eric Reed, uh, Steve, I wanted to ask you, is featured in Keep Pushing. He's the forgotten casualty, I think, of the Colin Kaepernick story, a story that you yourself broke. And the pain of exclusion from the NFL after record-setting performances for the Niners is still etched onto Reed's face. I know you have a connection personally to the story, but you must also have an opinion about Eric Reed, what happened to him in the wake of standing up for or kneeling down for, as it were, something he believed in. Yeah, Eric Reed's one of the smartest guys um, and sharpest guys I've, I've ever dealt with in my journalistic career. I love Eric. And... His brother Justin, of course, plays for the Chiefs. I mean, look, Eric Eric continued playing for a couple of years, but he was out of the league for a while. And it wasn't until I think Ron Rivera brought him to play for the Panthers for two or three years that he got back in. That was it was kind of more so out of need, right? Where they had some injuries and things like that that people realized. And Eric Reed was a really good player. Remember, he was a high, he was a first round draft pick. And the Eric Reed story is fantastic. And, and I don't know if I've ever even shared this uh, publicly. But after the whole Colin Kaepernick not standing for the national anthem, which he did by himself, um, that happened on a Friday. There was no real media access until that Sunday or Monday. Um, so people were talking to Cap. And I walked over to Eric's locker. And I said, Eric, you're from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where Alton Sterling was just shot in the chest at point blank range in a parking lot by a police officer outside of a convenience store. Like, do you have any, like, does this hit home at all? Does this make you feel a way? And he, you know, Eric is a processor, right? I, I love talking to him because everything you say, it goes through this incredibly high intellectual processing. And he's like, yes, it bothers me a lot. I've been speaking to my parents. I've been speaking to my pastor back in Baton Rouge. And I don't know. I don't know. Like you could just tell he's like, he's like, I, I really want to do something. I don't, you know, and at the time, you know, he hadn't done anything with cap. And then next thing you know, he's, he's right there supporting cap. And another player is Eli Harold, who was a special teams linebacker. Um, he's the third guy you, you see there with Eric and cap. And have, has anyone ever, anyone mentioned his name? No. Yeah, I think Eli... Steve, I'm hearing that name, full disclosure, I'm hearing that name almost as if, oh, right, I, I forgot about the name, much less the yeah, contribution to the Eli moment. I think Eli went on to play in, in Canada for, like, a year or two after that. Like, you talk about somebody, um, you know, he's a UVA guy, Drew. Andrew, he's a University of Virginia guy. He, he's from backyard, your neck of the baby. woods. Yeah. Um, yeah, from Virginia Beach. Yeah, well, he went on for the Lions. Yeah, played in Toronto for like a year or two. And here's like, and this is where, like, I wish I would have been a, been a better journalist, right? And as much as you didn't stand for the United States playing the national anthem, did you stand for the Canadian national anthem? Did you feel their situations were better? Like, it's... Look, nobody's going to do that. No one is going to do what Cap and Eric and Eli did 
without being incredibly thoughtful people. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. I mean, it's not something you do on a whim or because you want to be part of the in crowd because none of them were part of the in crowd. Not at all. And these guys were fully aware of the stakes. They were fully aware of the potential consequences. And man, they suffered almost immediately the consequences yep. of those actions, actions that they took with resolute confidence in their convictions about why they did uh, what they did. I, I always bristle when I think about how that narrative was hijacked by people who were short-sighted and small-minded as if somehow they did it as a means of disrespecting the flag and disrespecting people who serve in the military. And when you look at their personal histories, when you look at their families, every single one of those guys had family members who served in the military. Not one of them did it for reasons of anything but respect. And somehow we managed to subvert the truth of their, their cause, of their hearts, of their intention. Um, and we are all to be blamed for that because not enough people stood up for them when they took a knee, when they took a knee. Steve, to that point, I don't want to overstate something that is certainly not my business to overstate, but let me throw it back to you. As Black History Month draws to a close here on this final day, this February 29th, this rare day, do you share John Wooten's enthusiasm? that we are on the right track, that we are making definable and dramatic progress. This is a now annual question from me to you. How are we doing and how can we be doing better? I, look, I mean, there, there's never going to be a, a right or wrong answer to this. Um, I think in some areas, sure, we're probably doing better. Voter rights, we're, we're seeing more representation in the halls of Congress of certain ethnic groups. I think progress is a subjective interpretation when it comes to this. I do think some things come, when it comes to the NFL. How about the NFL as a league, as an absolutely. institution? Are we, are we advancing the story? Are we, are we modernizing our thinking? Are we people who are of the time or are we still catching up to the times? No, How are no, we doing I, in the NFL? No, I, th I think, I think, as a whole, I, I think the NFL is, has progressed. I mean, what, I think we have 14 black starting quarterbacks this year. There's a significant number of black coaching hires, but that's the topical, that's the makeup on the, you know, that's the makeup or the mask, right? Yeah, that's, that's the metric that can be right. considered that's, that's by some to be box metric. checking and not actual institutional change. Yes. Right. It's, 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 it's the front facing behind the scenes. No. I mean, behind the scenes, things numerically or statistically may look better, but in terms of power structure, no. I'm going to leave it at that because I do like my job. I like my job too, and I like that you're a part of my job, but I do really appreciate your thoughts on this, and thank you for your honest answer. The HBCU Combine, Steve, recently mm -hmm. concluded. I know you had your eyes on that now annual event. And today, the NFL Scouting Combine in Indy sees the start of on-field drills. After the break, Steve Weich will sound off on what he is looking for over the next four days in Indianapolis. The future is now. That's what we hear. That's what we see on the posters well the future is now and it's out there on the field in indy let's give you a viewer's guide after the break on nfl total access the podcast
We interrupt this podcast to bring you Bucky Brooks' list of guys to watch at edge rusher, at interior defensive linemen, and at linebacker, too. These are the young men that will be on the field participating in on-field drills later today in Indianapolis when day one of the NFL scouting combine really kicks off. But I just want to give you some names to watch as a viewer's guide. Let's talk about the edge rushers first. Uh, ranking one through five, his number one ranked edge rusher, Dallas Turner out of Alabama. Number two, Leatu Latu from UCLA. An interesting story, Leatu Latu, that he was medically retired from the University of Washington before being picked up and somehow healed by the people over at UCLA. And he is now the second ranked edge rusher uh, in this class. Leatu Latu, well done to you and certainly well done to the UCLA medical staff. The number three ranked edge rusher, Jared Verse. There's a name you can have some fun with, with headlines. Well-versed, yes, Jared Verse. Well-versed at terrorizing opponents' quarterbacks. He is from Florida State. Jared Verse, he'll be on the field out there today. Chop Robinson, maybe the best name in the biz. What, we had Sauce Gardner a couple years ago. Now we got Chop Robinson from Penn State. He's the fourth-ranked edge rusher. The fifth-ranked edge rusher, Braylon Trice out of the University of Washington. But Bucky Brooks makes a special point to say, keep an eye on Chris Braswell from Alabama. He is also somebody to watch and is working his way toward a first round draft grade. In terms of defensive tackles, the inside guys, his number one defensive tackle, Jerzon Newton from Illinois. Number two, Byron Murphy II from Texas. Number three, also from Texas, Tavondre Sweat. And the fourth ranked defensive tackle, Chris Jenkins out of Michigan. Number five, Darius Robinson out of Missouri. He says he's got somebody on the outside looking in here as well. Keep an eye on Brandon Dorius out of Oregon. Oregon, says Bucky Brooks. Let's turn finally to the linebackers, the top five linebackers, according to Bucky Brooks. Number one, Edgerin Cooper out of Texas A&M. Number two, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. out of Clemson. Number three, Peyton Wilson from NC State. Number four, Cedric Gray from North Carolina. And number five, Junior Colson from Michigan. Keep an eye, he says, on Marist Liu Fa'u out of Notre Dame. There's the sixth just on the outside of Bucky Brooks' top five, the sixth linebacker to watch. Those are some names to keep an eye on as a viewer's guide as you watch today's day one of on-field drills at the NFL Scouting Combine from Indianapolis, defensive linemen and linebackers on the field. There are some names that should be on the brain. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or... Check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota Dependability. 
meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with Steve Weich, and let's finally get to the subject of the day coming up in just a couple hours from now. On-field drills begin in Indianapolis. D-linemen and linebackers on the field. Now, look, Steve, it's a hard question to answer, but compared to the last question I asked you, this is going to be easy. What are you looking for on that field as an NFL analyst, as a reporter, as somebody who knows the game, loves the game? Where does your eye go? Are you looking for the fast-moving particles? Are you looking for something more nuanced? Are you looking for team building? Are you looking in the faces of coaches and GMs in the stands? Where, where does your eye go when you watch the NFL scouting combine? It's, it's all of it. It's all of it because, you know, I'm not a draft analyst. I don't sit there and be like, okay, this dude, he can flip his hips and he can run a four or five. Right. He's got to play safety, but he can cover this guy and he's in the – it's not my it's, – it's not me. I can look at the game and understand an awful lot about what's going on. I'm pretty smart when it comes to this stuff. But um, I'm looking for, you know – I like the 40. I like the I, look. I'll never when Don Terry Poe, the old nose tackle out of Memphis, went and made himself some money when at like 340 he busts a sub 540. Well, then that makes you be like, wow, okay. Next thing you know, this guy's a first round draft pick. Not because of the 40, but people went back and did their homework on this guy. Um, you look at the athlete, you, you look, you look at what the coaches say, you look at how this guy might fit into a certain system. Right, Isaiah Pacheco might not fit into every run game system, but man, does he work for the Chiefs, right? Yes. You may look like if there's a certain offense that a guy ran in college, this and that. Because I can tell you this, all these people talking talking dookie emoji on Caleb Williams, I don't know how much they watched him play at USC. 
I want, and I'm coming right at you, boy. Yeah, Drew. you are coming, coming right, right at me because at listener, listener, full disclosure, listener, full disclosure, not more than about a week, maybe 10 days ago, I stopped Steve Weich in the hallway down downstairs here at NFL Media, and I said, I have misgivings. I have questions about Caleb Williams. I am, I didn't say it quite as artfully as this, but I said, Steve, I don't buy the kid. I don't buy the kid. There's something about him that feels busty to me, not busty in a Hall of Fame sense, but busty in, I don't know that this is going to work out. And Steve, the look that you gave me and the lecture that you gave me, well, we can't sort of share the look, but give me the lecture because you think I'm wrong and you think a lot of all Caleb Williams doubters are wrong. Tell us why. Oh, did you watch him play? I did, like, did a little bit. Team, like, did you see the team he was on? Well, I think that's the part that I missed. If, if, to right. be fair, to be to, fair, I watched him score, very myopically. He had to score 45 for USC to even be in play. And he had receivers who weren't catching the, some beautiful balls. He was running for his freaking life. So when people are saying, yes, he's, he's got some bad tendencies, he's got to do this and that, I'm like, because he had freaking three dudes from University of Oregon hanging on his hip. Misses his you first know? read most of the time. That's a line that's been attached to Caleb Williams, and I think you would suggest that because he's down 14 or 21, he's not taking the first read. He's looking for a longer uh, a shot because he's trying to make up ground and trying to make up points. No, what I would say is go back and watch him at University of Oklahoma when he was hitting his first read. Okay. When he, he had the same coach, but he had a more functionally working offense. His offensive line at USC was not what he had at Oklahoma. The function, the overall operation of what they did in his younger years at Oklahoma when he came in and replaced, who was it, Kyler Murray? Yeah. He rolled, man. He was clockwork. He can do that. Now, maybe because of what happened at USC, like even two years ago, his first year at USC, he was awesome. They had, you know, they had great receivers. They had they had some better players on that team. But the fact he's getting, he's got to score 38 to 41, and he was trying to play a little hero ball last year. He probably understood what was at stake. So that happens, man. He's not, he's not the first quarterback, but I got to get to the next level healthy. Yeah. But, and I think I think a lot of people we we hear we hear questions about his father's involvement that maybe he's a little overmanaged by family. Uh, there are sort of lateral steps that cynics make once they start to go down that road and they start to judge somebody for things they have no idea about, like family. Um, they start to say, "Well, maybe he's a little bit of a brat. Maybe he's a little bit over nurtured. Uh, maybe he's a little bit spoiled." And that doesn't necessarily translate to the NFL game. And of course, none of it is firsthand. It's all conjecture, and it's all based on snapshot judgments, based on a look on a kid's face after a loss, the failure to maybe shake a hand on camera when he very likely shook a hand off camera. All of this stuff conjures up images that are negative and conspires to doubt kids when maybe they don't deserve the doubt. I think you reminded me that that USC defense wasn't even a top 100 defense in college football, and man, uh, that matters enormously. Once you said that, I think I instantly shut up, Steve, because when you reminded me that he's dealing with a defense that was ranked 118th or something like that in college football, what the hell is he supposed to do? Yeah, I mean, it's... But, I mean, I'm just saying that when, when you go to the combine, you're, you're looking you know, you're looking for that, though, right? He's not going to throw. He's not going to do on-field activities. All right, well, let me ask you about that. But he's not alone in that. Caleb is not going to throw. Jaden Daniels is not going to throw. Neither will Drake May, apparently. Um, it's like going to a Broadway musical and getting only the understudies. But I think for a lot of us who don't 
really understand close to these young men how much they have to lose, how much they are being advised Correct. by agents that it does them no good to go out there because a couple bad passes and a narrative can get away from you. It's a runaway yep. train and suddenly you're dropping in the first round and you've just cost yourself a lot of money. I'm not hard to the hardened to the fact that that's true. And if it was my kid, I'd probably advise him to make the best strategic play for himself. But as a fan, and as somebody who will be watching the next four days, we want to see young men who are out there willing to compete. Is it a knock on Jaden and Caleb and Drake that they are not out there? Is it okay for me to question their character a little bit because of their unwillingness to go out there and compete against the other guys on the combine field? Yeah. You, it, no, I think it's fair to question their ability to compete, but are you going to pass them in the draft? Right? <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're Chicago, Washington, New England, you need a quarterback, and those are the those are the three sweetest flavors of ice cream. Yes, right. And you've got the scoop, and you're mad because <laughs> maybe they weren't open the first right. time you yeah. met Sebastian well, Robbins. You're now right. Are you are you going to pass on? No, them? I'm not. I'm not. It's going to cost you your job if. Caleb Williams goes to Chicago and becomes the first quarterback since Bobby Douglas to do anything for the Bears. He's a freaking god. Yeah. He's he's a hero. Okay, the last the last thing I'll say, and I had this sort of question written, so I'll throw it out just because I went through the time to write it. And I wonder if it if it registers with you. We're gonna see all of those three guys. Both uh, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, and Drake May. We're going to see them, of course, at their pro days. And we talk every year. This is an annual conversation we have about scripted pro days. And I understand that. Put, your, put these guys in a position to succeed. Let's have them throw to familiar targets. That's going to give them the best look. Fine. Those are optics, and they're important. But as we saw all season, Steve Weich, and more and more each and every NFL season, it's your ability to perform off script that separates game winners from mere game players. And I think that's part of the disappointment at knowing that they're not going to be out there is that that's precisely what we want to see from these guys is how do you do off script? So, okay. So I, I want you to bottle what you just said, save the tape <laughs> and sell it to right? no one. No, no, no. Save the tape because how many times week to week do we sit in that freaking NFL network studio? Um, he, 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 he's not playing on script. He's not playing on script. He's not playing on script. Brock Purdy's great because he plays on script. Lamar, look how much better he is this year because he plays on script. Yeah. So you only have to play off script two or three plays a game. If you, in today's NFL, which again is geometry and open space. Yes, sir. If you hit that receiver on script, you're good. Like that's, that's, that's what's being coached. This is where teams make mistakes on quarterbacks is they overvalue something like a pro day. Zach Wilson. I was there. I was in Brigham Young University when every team was there. Yes. When John Lynch and the 49ers made the trade up to move up to number three. Yes. Everyone thought they were going to go go get my guy from New England, but they went and got Trey Lance, Mac Jones and Trey Lance. So did we overvalue that? Maybe did we overvalue how that player fit into your system? See, that's where teams miss. Let's go get the great talent, but does it fit into what you do. We'll draft an offensive lineman. Remember, Trent Williams got drafted out of the guy. I forget his name. Texas A&M took him. Jacksonville took him out of Texas A&M. 
And everyone thought he was better than Trent Williams, but he's a zone blocking scheme guy. Yes, yes. And Mike Shanahan took him, and he was great. Now Kyle's got him. Yep. Why don't we do that for quarterbacks? Like, okay, you can chastise me for passing on Caleb Williams, but maybe what our offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, wants to do fits Jaden Daniels better or fits Drake May better. That's where teams mess up with their quarterbacks because the big splash name, you pass them, and they go on to become Patrick Mahomes. You know, that's where, like, <laughs> I mean, just look at the, look what's in the wake. Are you suggesting, uh, well, or can I infer from what you're throwing out there, Steve, that it's possible that Caleb Williams, you believe Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in the draft. You believe that he yes. should be the first quarterback off the board. But yep. if I'm the Bears and I see a better fit, you would not judge the Bears one bit for passing on Caleb Williams if they believe that another player is the better quarterback for the scheme that they hope to implement in the days to come. I'd be patient with them, but You'd they be better, they sure as hell better explain it. They sure as hell it, better get it right. You better explain it. With the number two pick in the 2024 NFL Draft, the Washington Commanders select. That's the last question of the day. What do you got for me? Oh. See, again, I don't, I, don't know these, I don't know these players that well. Yeah. So I, is the I mean, answer I, I, is the I, answer a quarterback? Yeah, oh, it has to be without a doubt. Well, uh, what do you? Trying... Where do you? Where do you stand on taking a number two pick? If Caleb Williams is by far the best guy, and we know we're not going to get him because he'll be gone, Chicago has already slid his name across on the card. Okay, what do you think about taking that number two pick out for a ride, trading down, getting more draft capital? We need edge rushers in Washington with, with Montez Sweat gone, with Chase Young gone. Uh, we need wide receivers. We need help on the inside of our O line. Hell, we need wide. We need. Uh, linebackers as well so you don't get all of those in one pick what about taking uh what about trading down from that number two pick would you be mad okay, at adam peters if they decided to do that so here, here's what i'll say I, I love the scenario somewhat of a bad example because washington's got 80 million in free in yes that's right we do and get brian burns right or they can go out and get daniel hunter and, and guys like that however to, 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 let's just stay in your scenario if I'm Washington, I, I might consider trading down one if New England wants to come up one, right? If New England loves Jaden Daniels, I may love him, but I like Drake May more. I may move down one, pick up a second, a third, somewhere down the line. Yeah. You know, that's something I may do, but look, Washington has got to get the quarterback situation right. You're, you, this is This is where you have to. If you need a quarterback, those top three teams, if they do anything like trade out, now, maybe one of them loves J.J. McCarthy, right? And you trade back with Atlanta to eight to get McCarthy. One, you better be sure that McCarthy's going to be there. But two, you know, I get it. Okay, then, then you're going to get some freight. But at, at, at number two, I, I think Washington sticks with the pick and, and takes its quarterback, whether it be Jaden Daniels, whether it be Drake May, be it, you know, whomever, I think they get the quarterback. Look, fans, as fans, we all have opinions about what our teams need. And obviously, if you want to compare your answers to ours, check out NFL.com for more. You'll be able to go team by team and see what our experts around here believe the team needs are for all 32 teams in the NFL. Uh, I'm going to be watching very closely starting in a few hours from now uh, and watching straight through Sunday. So I hope Gracie is not hoping for too much help with Henry <laughs> this weekend because it ain't coming. I want to thank today's very special guest, Steve Weich. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for making the time for us today, bud. Appreciate you, brother, always.
And I want to invite the listener to join us next time. We are going to have Combine Recap. We're going to have news. We're going to have free agency news. We're going to be looking ahead to the draft. And, of course, we're going to talk about the winners and the losers, who rose up the draft board, who may have starred, who may have stumbled a little bit. Lots to get to next time on NFL Total Access, the podcast. Thank you for listening. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.